firstly, um, I know I was just actually mentioning this, but you've lost over 80 pounds. I've lost 110 pounds. Um, altogether, nearly 200 pounds shed on this call. <laughs> One, one of us needs to lose 10 pounds so we can just make it even 200. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've got another 10 pounds to go. So <laughs> unless you have, you can go for it. Um, but no, I think for both of us, that's an, that's an incredible achievement. And the main reason I think I wanted to get you on and wanted to get to talk to you was to, number one, have a chat about why you first started. What was that sort of moment where you were like, okay, actually, I need to lose weight. I need to get in shape. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that's always interesting to me with this question is for some people, there is a moment, right? But for 99% of people, there isn't a single moment that usually leads to it. It's, it's almost like a bunch of little tiny moments. And then we maybe have that moment that's just, is, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back, so to mm-hmm. speak. So for me, it was this combination of things. It was, going from being someone who grew up playing a lot of sports, always being very athletic, but also always kind of struggling with my weight. I always kind of had this mentality of, oh, I just need to lose like 10 pounds. You know, I can get that off easy. I need uh, maybe like 15 pounds. I can get that off easy, right? And like a lot of people, I started working full time and my eating habits didn't change, but my metabolism did. (laughs) So... I started putting on weight, but I didn't really think too much about it at first. And then one day I just looked up and realized like, I'm huge, right? I mean, I'm five, seven and I was 245 pounds Mm. and I may have been heavier than that at one point. That's just what I weighed when I finally decided to step on the scale. And so for me, it was just kind of this culmination of things like my knees hurting when I went up the stairs not feeling like I was the athlete that I used to be. It was not having my clothes fit right. It was having to stand in the closet and put on three or four different things every morning or trying to stretch my shirts out because I didn't like the fact that they just like hugged my my stomach so much and showed just how big I had gotten. And so mm-hmm. it was all these little things that kind of built up over time. Mm-hmm. And then I think for me, the moment that really broke the the pile, so to speak, was I was working in retail management at the time. And just to give people some context here, the store I was working, it was a very small store. So I was usually by myself and I was having to go to the food court one, two times every single day, at least five days a week. And sometimes I was still getting fast food even on my off days. But I'd have to literally close my store, lock the door, run to the food court, get my food, come back and scarf it down as fast as humanly possible to yeah. get it, get my food in before a customer came out of the store because I'm working alone. And so one day, well, every Monday I reviewed the, the security film and, you know, just kind of saw like what was happening the previous week in the store, make sure that, you know, there was no theft, things like that. And I had been off the previous weekend. And so I'm, you know, starting with the weekend footage because I wanted to see like what was happening in the store when I wasn't there. And I see this guy walk into the store and walk behind my counter and start like messing with our embroidery machine. Yeah. Because I worked at a, a hazard where we had an embroidery machine there. 
and I'm like losing my mind. I'm like, I'm ready to like literally call my assistant manager and be like, why are you letting people behind our counter? <laughs> right. And, and then I realized this big, huge guy that I was looking at on the camera was actually me. I had stopped in the store for like five minutes and I forgot about it. So it was actually me that I was looking at. So mm -hmm. even though I felt it, that was the moment where for the first time, I think I saw myself the way other people could see me. Yeah. And I did not like what that guy looked like. Uh, I I agree with that in the fact of, it, and for me, it was the same. It's like little moments add up. And then it's one little moment that just tips it over the edge. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for me, it was the little moments of things such as my walk to my college every morning, I'd end up full of sweat. I'd be, you know, feeling warm, hot. I'd be in headaches because I was like so tired after doing just such a sh short little walk. Yeah. And the the big, or well, one of the big moments was then I had to go and buy a, a 3XL jacket. Um, and it was a really embarrassing moment for me. Yeah. And I think, but then the final straw was, I was just literally walking down my stairs and I've got a big mirror on, in the hallway and I just stopped and I just looked at myself and I was like, what, is, what have I done? What has happened? And I was coming from a very similar situation as you as well. I used to play a lot of sport growing up and that was probably the reason why I was always overweight, but I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say massively out of shape. Yeah. And as soon as I then stopped that, all of a sudden, the weight just started to creep on, creep on, creep on, mainly because my activity level went down, my eating habits didn't change. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, boom, it feels like it's a, a click of a finger and you end up overweight. But you look over, it's like two, three years of just consistently being over in, within calories and things like that. Yeah. One of the things I find difficult, though, in that situation, and I've had this, I've chatted about this before in a conversation, is it's difficult. So someone might be overweight right now, and say so we can look at someone who's struggling, and we can be like, if you just lost weight, you would end up, or if you lost weight, got in shape, your life would ch um, change tenfold. You would feel unbelievable, unbelievable about yourself and better about yourself. But it's like, for example, before you saw that moment, if I had came into your life and said, listen here, Stephen, you have to change. You would be against that idea. Yeah. How would you go about making someone aware? So I actually wrote this down before because it's something I, I'd love to be able to talk about. Like, it's like a guy who say, for example, a guy is successful in regards to um, he's doing a job that he loves. He feels fulfilled. He's got a bit of purpose in that sense. Yeah. He's then got a family life, which is going well. You know, he's got children. He's got a loving wife. But he's massively out of shape, massively overweight. Yeah. And that is his biggest downfall. But he doesn't seem bothered about getting in shape. How would you deal with a situation like that? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things to unpack here, right? So first of all, let's acknowledge, and, and please tell me if you did not have this experience, but I've met so many people that lost a lot of amount, a large amount of weight that they went through the exact same thing I did, where you don't realize how big you're getting. 
right? While you're in the moment going through it, you really don't realize just how big you've actually gotten until one day it's just for whatever reason it dawns on you like wow i really have to do something because i've got i've let myself go and i think there's a lot of guilt and shame Mm. around that right because it's like how did i let this happen to myself how did i get here and i think the first thing we have to do is help people realize this is a normal thing like it happens to a lot of people there's no reason for you to feel guilt and shame about letting yourself get this far, right? Because you can, mm-hmm. you can fix it. It's not unfixable, yeah. right? So rather than living with guilt and shame, how do we start to live in solution-minded you know, mindset here? So that's the first thing I would address is helping people to realize like you don't have to be ashamed of where you've gotten to because every single person that's gotten there that I've ever met didn't really realize that that's where they were getting. Mm-hmm. The second thing though is, and I think this is such an important point. We emphasize so much in our society, the importance of losing weight. And I actually don't agree with it. And I'm going to tell you why, because I think it's way more important that we change our identity. Mm. Because I've met friends or not met friends. I have friends who they have lost weight in rather unhealthy ways. Like they'll Mm -hmm. join like a weight loss competition at work and they will do really unhealthy things to lose weight. And then they always regain it. I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've seen the statistics that within five years, 90% of people will Mm -hmm. regain the weight that they've lost. I, th- I think it's like 97. Yeah, it's, it's over, I mean, the, the numbers vary, but yeah, it's, it's over 90%. It's ridiculously high, right? And it makes you wonder, why do we go through it? Why do we diet and spend endless hours on a treadmill and do things that we absolutely hate doing to lose weight that we're going to regain? And I think there comes a point where after you've dieted so many times, after you've done all the stuff so many times you do get that mindset of why even bother? Why am I even doing this? And it's because you're focused on weight loss. I actually did a a interview on my podcast. Well, not an interview, but uh, I, I basically just did a solo podcast episode and I talked about how trying to lose weight is actually maybe the thing keeping you fat. Because for me, when I said, you know what, I want to get back to my athletic roots. I want to get back to being strong. I want to get back to being agile. I want to get back to being able to do the things I used to do. And my focus became on quality of movement. When my focus became on being consistent with showing up, that's when I Mm -hmm. lost the weight previous times or previous efforts to lose weight when I was focused on weight loss and I was focused on starvation and and all that kind of stuff, I would lose like 20 pounds and then regain it. And when I shifted my perspective and I started focusing on being the person that I wanted to be versus being the weight that I wanted to be, everything changed. I think that's the thing. Um, I agree with that. I mentioned this a lot to my my clients. So I do this as a job. 
And I would say you are here for the longer game. You're here to be in constant battle with yourself to become the best version of you. It's not just a game of losing weight because realistically, losing weight is very easy. Anyone can lose weight. You could do anything. You could... Um, join a, sl- a slimming group or slimming, you know, diet camps. You can do a million different things. You know, I even remember back when I was in school, people used to do the water diet, which was like, you know, they'd fast all day, just drink water and um, and then just have one meal of an evening. You could find a million different tactics around it to lose weight. But the issue is it goes back on. Yep. And people don't learn from their mistakes. Yeah. And what, what I guess we are trying to do is trying to help people understand that yeah. it's more of a game of you just performing at your best. That's it. And if yeah. you keep keep doing that in exercise-wise and starting to look after nutrition better so that you're feeling better, your energy levels are higher, mm-hmm. then you, you will lose weight, but actually you will then keep it off. And you will, if anything, become even fitter, stronger um, than ever before. Yeah. And so, something that you said here was the guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. And I agree with what you say about the identity. Yeah. Because one thing I see a lot with my clients is when I help my clients through, I call it a period. Um, so normally after they have their first big weight loss, so we normally hit their first big goal, and weight loss is always, for me, I always set it with clients as a first initial goal because it's such an easy metric. This is what we just need to get done. I said, as long as we're doing that, everything's going well. Yeah. Is normally once they have their big weight loss, it's a situation that I call the identity shift. Mm-hmm. And it's when they have to then get used to, actually, it's not about the weight loss. It's about the changing of their life. And they start to notice a difference in their environment. So the people they hang around with, the stuff that they're doing. A lot of my clients end up not even drinking out um, or going out on nights out anymore because they feel so much more confident in control. They don't need it. Mm -hmm. And it takes a bit of time. And weight loss normally stalls during this period, even if we have a bit more weight to lose. And And I feel as if it is because the identity is such a key part that it takes time just to settle. Yeah. Do you find, so you've lost 80 pounds. Did you find at any point during that time that you had a little bit of a, maybe like a period of months, yeah, where you just kind of just had to get used to the new version of you? Yeah, I actually, I treated my weight loss almost like a science experiment. Mm. Um, so funny, funny story I'll just share with you really quick. Um, when I was starting to lose my weight, one of my primary goals, right, was to prove that you could lose weight without having to give up your favorite foods, without mm-hmm. having to, like, just eat nothing but, like, boiled chicken and broccoli, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which is what people think you have to do. And I wanted to prove that you could do it while still enjoying hamburgers and pizza and tacos and stuff like that. Now, over time those versions became healthier and, and things like that. And we can talk about that if you want in terms of what that process looked like for me. But 
what I wanted to do was treat my weight loss almost like a, an experiment. I wanted to really kind of record stuff. And mm -hmm. I, so I know for a fact, I actually hit, and, and I'm defining plateau here as a period of at least two weeks. I hit six different plateaus over a 10 month period while losing 80 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people, what they do is when they're focused on the weight loss, they pick a tactic. So you, you do the initial tactic and more often than not, the initial tactic is way more strict and complicated than it needs to be for people to actually see results, but that's what people go to. And so they go and they lose a bunch of weight up front and then it stalls out. And then they're like, Oh, this doesn't work anymore. Now I have to go find a new tactic. And maybe they lose a few more pounds. Oh, now I got to find another tactic. And then they just keep going until they finally stall out and they can't lose any more weight. And then they just kind of give up and the weight comes back. So what I learned in this process is that you have to be patient because my longest plateau was actually two months long. Hmm. And I just kept sticking with it. And this is why to me, you almost need that identity. This is what I teach my clients as well. You have to create that identity up front. You have to have that vision for what your life is going to look like. When I talk about vision, I'm not talking about what size pants you're going to wear or how much you're going to weigh. I'm talking about what behaviors are going to be present in your life a year from now, five years from now, whatever. And how can you start living those things right now? Because I just had a conversation with a client a few weeks ago where he was telling me, hey, you know what? If, if I could just get this weight, this is a brand new client. He goes, if I could just get some of this weight off, I, I know that I'd be happy. And if I could do this, I'd, you know, I'd be able to play with my kids and da, 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 da. And I said, who told you that overweight people can't be happy? Yeah. Who told you the overweight people can't play with their kids? Like, why do you think you have to do to lose this weight in order to start doing those things? Are you, are you going to be able to do those things better when you're, when you weigh less, absolutely. But you can start doing them now, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was because I had that identity shift, because I had already committed to the behaviors and the identity. That's why I was able to get through the plateau without jumping from program to program. And then just magically one day, nothing changed whatsoever, didn't make any changes to the program. I just started losing weight again. And so when you say about the behaviors, changing the behaviors and from the, say the get go from the start, what would be an example of behaviors that someone that you would change with someone instantly? Yeah. So I, this is, you know, individualized per person. Yeah. I, I kind of talked to them about what it is that they want to do, but mm -hmm. like an easy example is say someone comes and tells me, I really want to be more engaged with my family. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, cool. So what are some things that we might be able to do that serve both of those purposes? How can you start to get in better shape? How can you mm -hmm. improve yourself physically and spend time with your family? So, you know, maybe that's just going on an evening walk after dinner with your family around the neighborhood, right? You're getting some exercise in, you're spending time with them. And just something that simple can really start to shift everything for you. Because now what you're doing is you're programming your brain to think I'm the kind of person who goes on walks. I'm the kind of person who exercises. Yeah. Uh, 
an example of this is I had rotator cuff surgery about four, five years ago. It's been so long. I can't even remember. Uh, <laughs> Time flies. Yeah. But I think it was about five years ago. And I, for the first, I think it was two weeks. I couldn't do anything at all. Cause I had the stitches and stuff like that. And they like, you can't get any sweat in them whatsoever. And during that two weeks, what I did is every single day, I had a five-minute period where I just sat in silence and I imagined myself working out. I didn't actually work out, but I imagined myself working out. So when my two weeks were up and I was told, okay, you can go back to doing other stuff because you just can't use that arm yet. It was so easy for me to go right back into it, despite mm-hmm. having not done anything in two weeks, because mentally I had kept my mind locked into the identity of I'm someone who exercises, I'm someone who moves. Mm-hmm. So just something, even like I said, as simple as just going on a walk with your family can be a great start to get your mind to understand this is who we are. Hey everyone, just a short intermission. If you've been listening to this podcast and you can relate to what me and Stephen are talking about in regards to the all or nothing mindset, or you are someone who just wants to be able to shift the weight once and for all, follow me on Instagram at coachill underscore, DM me the word coach, and we can have a chat about how I can help you get in the shape of your life in the quickest time possible. Right, let's get back into the podcast now this is what we do it's what what, what we believe in our what we believe about ourselves mm-hmm. and if we believe we are someone who exercises if we believe we are someone who eats well it's crazy how much just a slight change of even language and tone yeah. can make such a big difference to your life because what you just um mentioned there is like that person has came to you and said i want to be you know, close to my family. I want to start doing more things with my family. And But in their mind, it's like only, I can only do that when I reach X. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is that behavior has got to change from the start. It's got to be, oh no, I can start doing it now, but it will get better. Yeah. And I will be, you know, it'll go from an evening walk to maybe me and my son will actually go swimming together. Mm-hmm. It builds. And I think it's also as well because we're so used to the, you know, the diet culture of it's got to be quick, it's got to be fast, got to be this. Yeah. But I find that's where then people have it backwards mm-hmm. because you end up then regaining the weight, as as you said. Yeah. So a journey like, for example, a journey like mine was over the span of many years. I'm guessing the journey of yours was over, if it was 80 pounds, it's probably over at least a span of a year. It was about 10 months, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's close, yeah. So that was the time frame that obviously it happened in, but that it's, people would rather lose weight in say three months as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. But if you were just to wait out and wait that full year, that full two years of consistency of just keep getting better and better, well, then you're most likely then to stay there for the rest of your life and if anything keep getting better yeah and i think it's because of that quick fix that people want all the time but if you think about it this way how quick does a year go yeah do you know you know i spoke to a client recently of mine and 
they signed up with me in January of this year. It's been ten, what ten months. Yeah. The change in mindset, mentality, physique, everything yeah. about this person has completely changed, and there is no going back. And that took ten months to cement that change. Ten months is nothing, because this person is now going to have what 60 70 years of consistent good health in regards to what they're in control of yeah and i think you know if i could give some one big piece of advice is that if that quick fix is something that's just got to be forgotten about and you can either leave yourself in that vicious cycle over and over and over again or you can kind of just make that change once and for all i don't know what it sounds silly but I think a lot of people are afraid of that change Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people find comfort in the fact that they they can do quick fixes what do you think about that yeah so my perspective on this is slightly different I think I think we overall agree with the concept here but Mm. where I have a slight shift in perspective is I actually acknowledge that their desire for a quick fix is 100% understandable Mm. because think about it from this perspective we we both talked about that there's usually a lot of little things that kind of built up right so it's it's your knees hurting it's your back hurting it's being out of breath it's not feeling like you can you know play with your kids it's you know not being able to feel like you can pick up your kids Mm -hmm. it's not feeling productive at work it's not feeling attracted to your spouse right and and i work with mostly men um so you know, for, for me, those are all, you know, things that a lot of guys, when they come to me, that they're, they're telling me that these are problems. And then they maybe have that moment. Maybe they got diagnosed with high blood pressure or high cholesterol, or, you know, maybe they got told they're pre-diabetic, um, or maybe they just don't feel like, you know, their, their love life is where they want it to be. And they feel like their weight is the cause of it. Right. So whatever it is, there is a need mentally and emotionally for them to get rid of all that pain as fast as possible, right? Mm-hmm. They want it gone. It's not about them wanting to necessarily lose weight quickly. It's about them wanting to get rid of all the pain that they think the weight is causing. They want to get rid of that pain quickly. And I think that's totally understandable. 100%. I mean, that's, but, I think that's stacking the wins very quickly from the start. Yeah, but but here but here's where I think this idea of going back to the importance of identity and creating behaviors is so important because when you start to realize, oh, I don't have to actually lose all of this weight to start to see these benefits. Mm-hmm. If I just start being consistent with my behaviors weight loss will come just as a side effect of the behaviors. And as I'm doing the behaviors, as the weight starts to come off, I will start to see improvements in all these areas that I have pain. Whereas what diet culture has taught us, and it's taught us this because it's profitable for diet culture, is that we need to lose all of the weight to be happy. And mm-hmm. happiness comes long before the end result. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's the it's there's too much emotion wrapped up in that and in, in that end weight loss goal. But what you got to realize is that in, enjoying the process is by far the most important thing. Anyway, yeah, 
um, getting into that situation to where, you know, for me, some of my my most enjoyable periods was just me just going after self development, not focusing on weight loss, but just performing every day, going you know going the gym, going on my runs, being able to you know come home, read books. It, you know, it is the one of the best times to really enjoy when you've been able to just constantly feel like you're learning, learning, learning. And no, as you said, I think it is all about understanding. Firstly, I think that win stacking at the start is huge because it's then allowing that person to see actually, okay, this is possible. Yeah. But then the weight loss is not the end all of, of, yeah. of the, of the situation. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult one to try and change everyone's mentality around this. I find it re- really difficult. I have conversations some days with guys, so I only train men as well. Yeah. And I find it sometimes really difficult because there's even men who find themselves in like that all or nothing sort of mindset. Yep. And that is really fixed in with diet culture because it's all about the quick fixes. Yeah. And it's actually quite funny because I met up with a guy um, day before yesterday um, for a gym session. And his biggest struggle right now is that he has an all or nothing mindset. Mm-hmm. So I I posed the question to him. I was like, well, what would change if you didn't have that? Yeah. And he was like, I'd finally get in shape. I'd um, finally feel as if I had, you know, um, been consistent. Mm-hmm. I'd get what all my hard work that I've been putting in in the gym and things, I'd get... I'd actually get something out of that rather than you know, what he's doing now. Yeah. And that all or nothing mindset is needs to be changed. And do you find that a lot in the men that first come to you as well? Oh, yeah. The, the all or nothing mindset is by far and away one of the biggest obstacles that most men have to overcome. It is such a challenge because it's what we've been taught. And I don't really know where we learned it from, honestly, mm. but it's, yeah. it's just, it's so ingrained in society is so ingrained in everything that we're taught that as men, we just buy into this. And if you ask any man, where did you get this mentality from? They would have no idea because it is just so ingrained into society that almost universally men accept this as the way to do things. And it's the things like go hard, go home, right? It's, you know, yeah. this mentality the, of things that we hear. The grind says. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I told somebody, I, I, I use this analogy a lot of times, but when I was in the fifth grade, they were giving out awards and I was actually up for student of the year. It was like between me and like three other people. And so I'm, I'm excited to see if I'm going to be student of the year, right? Because I've gone all in all year long, and this is all yeah. I care about. And at the end of the day, I didn't really have any control over whether I got this award or not, right? I, I had control over whether I showed up every day, but I didn't have any control over that. I ended up not winning the award, but what I did win was a perfect attendance award. And you know what I did with my perfect attendance award? I threw it in the trash because it meant mm. nothing to me, Okay. <laughs> But here's the thing, as an adult, I can look back and I can say, you know what, 
I thought giving someone an award simply for being there every day was the stupidest thing ever. But as an adult, I now realize merely showing up every day is freaking impressive. It's the hard part. Mm-hmm. You want to you talk about going all in? Show up every day. That's all in. Be the best version of yourself that day. And, and to be clear, sometimes if we were if we were to look at your your energy and your effort on a 10-point scale every single day, there are some days where your absolute best is a 10, and there's other days where your absolute best is a two. Okay. So you're not going to show up the same exact way every day, but you're going to show up as the best version of yourself that day. Every single day, if you want to go all in, if you think the all or nothing approach is the way to go, that's how I'm going to advise you to do it. That's what I'm going to advise you to go all in on is showing up every single day as the best version of you. The, the best ability that you can. I say to guys, I say, if your best is 60, so you do the pet point scale, I go 60, 70, 80%. Mm-hmm. So over the span of a year, the results you'll get out of that are insane crazy do you know how many people aren't even hitting that because they're not showing up every day they're they're only showing up on the days that they can give 100 percent, and that 100 percent is only maybe happening 30 percent of the time and so they're only showing up 30 percent of the time and they're wondering whether or not getting results versus somebody who shows up and only gives 50 60 percent but they show up every single day that person's gonna see better results yeah 100 percent. and the thing is is that if you said it, you just said they're 100%. So people will be 100% for two weeks and then they'll literally drop to zero mm-hmm. for, for two months. Then they'll go again for a few weeks, 100%. Mm-hmm. And then, then you pose the question, is 60% over the whole year not better? And the fact of the matter is it is. And especially because if 60% is, some days will actually be at 100%, 90%. Mm-hmm. And they're the weeks that you're going to get even more progress. But no matter what, you're still going to have that steady incline, that steady progression. You will have then spikes that go up as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I always use the analogy of like a dial. And what I tell my clients all the time is you can take this with anything you want. So like we'll just use exercise as an example, right? So maybe for me, a... 10 on the exercise dial is I get up, I do like a 20, 30 minute yoga session in the morning, followed by maybe 15, 20 minutes on the heavy bag. And then later in the day, I do like a 30, 45 minute strength training session. And then I do like at night, like a little 10 minute uh, stretching session just to kind of cool down. So like, for me, that's like a perfect exercise day. That's my 10. Yeah. A one might be I just get up and knock out some push-ups, right? Like yeah. I, I don't have time or energy for anything today. So let me just do a couple push-ups and, you know, maybe like 20, 30 push-ups, whatever, and just be done with it. And what I always tell my clients is you don't always need to be at a 10. You can't always be at a one, but the important thing is to never be at zero. 100%. So always be, always be somewhere on that scale. And, and yeah. ideally most days, you're going to be like a six or a seven, whatever mm-hmm. six or seven looks like to you, right? I mean, that's just reality. I think it's also getting, get <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's also getting clear on what uh, what the numbers look like for you as well, and to understand that that's okay. Yeah. Um, 
you're not always going to be perfect. None of us can be perfect. I think that's a th- something that holds a lot of people back anyway, is wanting to chase this perfection all the time, whether whether it is whether it goes from getting in shape to writing a book to um you know in their biz, biz, say they're starting a business. Yeah. You put you put things off because you always want things to be perfect, but it's never going to be that way. And it's you hear it all the time. People on Instagram, people on whatever, they'll always say, just get started. Mm-hmm. Just get started. And I think that you've probably heard it a million times. People who listen to this, you've probably heard it a million times off people everywhere. Listen to it. Because <laughs> it's right. As long as you get started, they will never ever be perfect. But you can always chase perfection and chasing perfection will get you bloody close. Yeah. And the thing about the idea of even getting started, I think, is people go, but I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if you really don't know where to start, then then hire a coach and yeah. help, and they can help you figure out where to get started. But the thing is, no matter what, if you're doing it on your own, if you're hiring a coach, regardless the process is still going to require some figuring things out. It's going to be testing things, see what works, see what doesn't. If it doesn't work, scrap it. If it does do more of it, right? Like it's, yeah. it's not an overly complicated process, but you know, obviously a coach can help you shortcut and they can, you know, figure out certain things because they have a better idea of what's going to work. Mm-hmm. But I think that people get so caught up on like, there's some big secret out there that I don't know about. And if I could just figure out that secret, I would get results. And I'm going to tell you, you're 100% right. The secret is show up. That's, that's yeah. the secret. show up. Yeah. Right. One million percent. Now that is the secret as simple as that. It's, yeah. um, and as you said, I always say, I use this analogy with my clients. I say a coach is like you have a sat nav, you have a navigation telling you the exact direction, and Apple Maps or Google Maps. Mm-hmm. I say without having a coach, it's kind of like what used to happen back in the day when there was no such thing as Apple Maps and Google Maps. You'll be speaking, you'll have to stop off the side of the road. Excuse me, do you know where this is? And they'd be like, "Oh, it's this left, this left," and you always end up late to that appointment, and it always takes longer than it should do. But end of the day, you'll eventually get there. Yeah. But the coaches that just, okay, here you go. This is the exact direction. And then they're there to help you solve the puzzles that you come across. And that's the big thing that people don't realize. Actually, when it comes into the main, the main reason that we have jobs is that we solve problems, that we help coach people to get past the bumps in the road, nope. the issues that come up the stressful issues because everything, you know, someone can have six, seven months of no issues at all in their life and everything be plain sailing. And they can think, Oh, I'm fine. I don't need a coach, whatever. Something will then pop up in that, in their life, whether it be a uh, family stress, work stress. Yeah. And that is where then we step up and we yeah. help people. We guide them through that. And the thing is, is that it's always a lesson to learn from then for them. I always say this is not so there, these are actually the most one of the most important times because yeah. when the stressful time comes again, you've got evidence that, to back up that you know how to deal with this. Yeah. Therefore, you can do it again. And therefore, this time around, you can actually be, be better at dealing with it as well. Yeah. Something you just brought up there, I'm going to tie in here. So I don't know when you're going to publish this. So 
you know, maybe this is something that's already happened by the time people hear this, uh, but we're at the beginning of October right now. And here in about three weeks, I'm actually going to be launching a group coaching program. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I do to focus on managing stress and staying consistent during the holiday season. And a lot of people go, well, you know, nobody wants to work out during the holidays. And, you know, I want to be able to eat all the food and, you know, enjoy stuff and drink the drinks and all that stuff. Right. And what I tell people is like, look, I'm not going to restrict your food. I'm not going to tell you. I don't believe that there's a such thing as good and bad foods. I mean, I lost 80 pounds proving that you could do it while eating tacos. I'm not going to be the person yeah. to you not to enjoy food. Right. Um, and I don't drink, but I'm not going to tell you not to. So yeah. to me, where I started, the reason I started doing this program with people was I wanted to show people this concept that is contradictory to what everybody in the diet industry talks about, which is the absolute best time to start working on your health. And extra work that you're trying to get done so you can take vacation time and all that stuff right so that for most of us is the worst time to start mm -hmm. a new program and what i like to tell people is hey you know what that's when you should start because if you learn to start implementing these things into your schedule when life is the craziest then when things slow down it's going to be really easy for you to turn that dial up to 10 it's going to be easy for you to do the hardcore stuff. And by then you're actually in better shape to handle it. Your, your body is physically ready to handle it. Your, your mind is mentally ready to handle the harder stuff. So if you do these things now, while it's difficult, it will be so much easier. If you wait until it's easy to start, then you will fall off when life gets crazy. Yeah. I actually, I actually had a client um, who signed up with me um, around about last, uh, it would have been last November. And they actually said to me, they were like, uh, I want to start. I'm ready to, uh, I'll get, make sure everything's sent over. Should we start after Christmas? And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I was like, why? I was yes. like, I said, you've got to realize that this is actually probably the most important time for you to start. Because mm -hmm. if you start now, as you said, you can deal with the hardest time of the year. If you can deal with the hardest time of the year, imagine what results you're capable of getting during the quieter times, the times where you have more free time to go to the gym, the time when you can get four sessions rather than three, the times when you have more time to go food shopping and creating a nice, creating recipes. Yep. And once you look at it like that and it's flipping that mindset, and I think... I think once again, it comes back to that sort of the diet culture as well as that people think, oh yeah, but uh, I don't want to be dieting forever. Mm -hmm. But it's because they're so caught up in, in that, that they think that when they join even a coaching program, even though we explain that probably it's, it's not the same as a, a quick fix diet, they're still just ingrained in thinking, oh, well, I still want to be able to enjoy myself. Well, the fact is you can. And as you said, you done it with food. I done it with food, you know, one of the biggest things I say is that once a week, every week, I go out for food. I go out and enjoy myself. I have a, a, a meal. I do whatever I want. You know, not cheat days, but yeah. just me enjoying life. 
for, for example, as long as it's within moderation and I've got some level of self-control, mm-hmm. that's all that matters in, in that sort of sense. And as well, obviously, if you're looking to lose weight, just make sure that you are in a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. I, I would say if you want to make it as basic as possible, you could literally eat X amount of calories of donuts and still lose weight. It's not going to make you feel great, but that's how, that's how black and white it can be. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, let's say you eat three meals a day. That's 21 meals a week. 10% of that is like two, right? So 20% is four. So if you were to say, you know what, I want to aim to have 80 to 90% of my meals be healthy. That's between two and four meals every week that can be less healthy. And the thing is, when you adopt that mindset, all of a sudden you go, you know what, I just want the the smaller portion or the the appropriately sized portion of my cheat meal versus the 5,000 calorie. Yeah. It's like, well, this is the only meal I get to have this week that, you know, truly enjoyable for me, which is the other thing of like, stop eating stuff that makes you sad. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, like if you feel like you need a meal to escape from your other meals, that's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Like you shouldn't feel that way. Like every meal should be enjoyable. And that's where I get so irritated with, and and we use diet culture. And I know there might be some guys out there that are like, well, I don't, you know, I don't diet, right? Because unless they're doing like keto or something like that, they don't think of it as dieting. I I even know a lot of people who do uh, intermittent fasting and they don't think of it as dieting. Mm -hmm. And and the diet culture for men is different than women, right? We've, we've manlied it up. We're, we're doing intermittent fasting because skipping meals is hard, right? Like I'm, I'm a tough guy because I can skip a meal, right? Or we have bulking and cutting seasons based on what our goals are. Those are diets. You're dieting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst the bubble, guys. You are dieting. <laughs> yeah. That is what it is. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, there's a lot of guys right now that are like, I hate you. I'm not turning this off right now. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it is. It's um, if you're doing a cut, if you're doing a bulk, it's, it's a form of a diet. Yeah. And I think, as men in general, we we'll always, I said, we'll always have goals set in place, and we should always have goals set in place. Mm-hmm. So whether it, whether it does mean you're cutting, bulking, you are maybe training for something more, um more like a half marathon, marathon, things like that. It's important to still realize that you are in this for the long term. And then you can kind of forget about it as a specific sort of, oh, I'm just doing this for X purpose um, and the quick fix of it all. Yeah, I, I lost you there for a second. I don't know if it was just on my end, on your end, but I couldn't hear you. I could I could see you, uh, but I oh, think okay. I kind of got the gist of what you were saying there. Uh, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, this also goes back to what we talked about with the all or nothing mentality, right? It's this, mm-hmm. I have to go all in. I have to do all the hard things. And when we think about like, even, you know, going back to the conversation about doing this stuff during the holidays, the thing that stops people from doing it during the holidays is they think I have to go all in. I have to go super hard. 
And the analogy I love to give my clients is getting in shape, improving your physical and mental health is a marathon. And sometimes during a marathon, you might decide to sprint a few times. You might, you might do some sprints in there. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's cool, right? The idea is if you just look at this as a period of like, I'm going to do a sprint and I'm going to do nothing, you're not going to see results. But if you look at this as a long-term marathon, something that you're going to pace yourself through, but then you're going to have periods of sprint where you really do dial in. Maybe you you are a little bit more restrictive. Maybe you do you know kind of diet a little bit. Maybe you do some things for short periods of time that are going to help you get a specific result, right? And, and it doesn't just have to be about weight loss. You can apply this to relationships. You can apply this to stress management. You can apply mm-hmm. this to making money, right? You can anything you want. You can apply it in. There's going to be periods where you're going to do a sprint and you're going to get short-term results. But the key is are you going back to the marathon where you're pacing yourself and maintaining or are you just stopping? Because most people, what they're doing is sprinting and stopping as opposed to sprinting and then maintaining. Yeah. That's a really good analogy. And I think it's even like people, you know, on a marathon, you'll, you'll take rest, have water. Mm-hmm. This is part of the journey, but you've got to keep running. That is yeah. the thing. It's yeah. like when people say they fall off the wagon, the wagon's always going to be there. Yeah. It's just whether you're going to catch up with it or not. Yeah. Yeah. They, they fell off the wagon, the wagon didn't stop, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, but, but people are very quick to, as you said, sprints, then I, I just give in and just give up. Yeah. If you keep playing that long game, I think that's the most important thing. I think if people realize that if you just come at it for the long game, you think to yourself, I'm here for the long term, yeah. I'm going to make, in my mind, when I very first started this journey of me getting in shape, it first started with a promise to myself that I was never going to be that same person again. And in my mind, I did not care how long that took. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the superpower that I that I had, I knew from the get-go. Yeah. And there's something I now say to my lads, I was like, understand that you're here for the long game. Forget three, six, 12 months, don't be wrong, we can make incredible progress. I want to still be able to see you in three, five years time, better than ever. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Yeah. And yeah. W- once you look at it like that, it's an absolute game changer. Yeah. Almost every single person that I've interviewed on my podcast or had conversations with who lost a, a lot of weight and have kept it off, every single one of them without failure started with a shift in mindset towards behaviors. They focused on the behaviors, not just the weight loss. Yes, they, the goal was to lose weight, but they focused on the behaviors universally, whether they realized that was the right path or not, whether it was just instinctual or maybe they read it somewhere or whatever, every single person who has successfully kept the weight off is because they started by focusing on their behaviors, not the outcome. Yeah, 100%. If we'll we'll, uh, wrap this up, if you could give one to three pieces, because I know it can be quite a wide topic, one to three pieces of advice to someone that, 
is listening to this right now and they've had five or six moments in their life already where they're kind of thinking, I need to lose weight and they're just on the edge. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Yeah, so the first thing I, I would tell people is understand that your health is more than just your weight, right? I, I talked about this idea of connected health and we look at your your mental health, which is your thoughts, your your beliefs, the stories you tell yourself. There's your emotional health, which is the internal reactions that you have to your internal thoughts or to external stimulus. There's your physical health, which is things like your exercise, your nutrition, your sleep, right? And and stress management kind of goes into the the mental uh, aspect of things. There's also relational health. We, We need support systems. We need people around us. There's environmental health. Our environments play a huge part in our ability to be healthy and and then there's existential health or some people call it spiritual health but this is you know (laughs) having a bigger why outside of yourself to you know kind of work toward and when you understand these six components of health it really kind of brings into focus that hey things like dieting and trying to go all or nothing by themselves aren't going to be enough because you're only addressing a small portion of a small portion, right? Because physical health is only one sixth of the equation anyways. Mm-hmm. And by focusing on dieting and things like that, you're only focusing on a small part of what it means to be physically healthy. And so if you're only focusing on a small part of a small part, how much results do you really think you're going to honestly see? So, so that's the first thing I tell people is recognize that health is so much bigger than just how much you weigh on a scale, so much bigger. The other thing that I tell people is in terms of when, you, when you're actually getting into the physical stuff, right, sleep is probably just as important, if not more important, than your exercise and nutrition. If you're not sleeping well, you are doing your body a huge disservice. And then when it comes to like your nutrition, we've touched on this one already a lot today, but don't be so strict with yourself, right? Allow yourself some flexibility. Don't have the like big ginormous cheat meal, but make eating foods that maybe are less healthy, just a normal part of your routine. You don't have to eat them every week, right? It it can be maybe it's once a month for you. Maybe it's every day for you, whatever, right? I, I know a guy who's in great shape in his 50s who eats ice cream every single day right um you can do it i mean now if he tried to do that when he was still 80 pounds overweight then you know that's probably not going to work out for him he's probably got to cut back a little bit but now that he's in great shape he can do that because his body's going to just burn it off but when it comes to exercise and this is a big one i see people try to go and just focus on one thing and we, we all are guilty of like always wanting the best of everything, right? What's the best way to lose weight? And I see people go do nothing but like high intensity intervals because they want to burn fat. Exercise wise, especially guys, if you're over 40, you have to like include flexibility into your programming. You have to include cardiovascular conditioning, like long distance cardiovascular conditioning into it, or like steady state cardio is what we'll call it. That just have to be long distance. Um, you know, you need a little bit of hit stuff in there, right? You need some of the higher intensity things. You need strength training, at least like three days a week. You need some strength training and you got to have this variety in there. So if you 
if you create the variety in your exercise, you create the variety in your nutrition, you're sleeping well, and then you're taking care of your mental health, and you're making sure that those relationships and your environment and all those things are supportive of your goals, you're going to have success. And that's exactly what I help people do. I help people take all that stuff and figure out like, how do I put this together into a plan and make it happen? Mm -hmm. And to those listeners, it can can be very overwhelming. But something I say to people is that, well, what do you expect? Yeah. If you want to become the best version of yourself, it's going to be overwhelming. It's going to be scary. It's going to come with lots of challenges. That's the point. Yep. And it is our job to be like, okay, let's beat these challenges. Let's accept these. Let's push on. Let's become the best version of ourselves. Yep. And the last point I think I'd love to make and something that you said about the exercising and training wise is that I think the biggest issue that we do have in today's society and around diet culture is that people think training and going to the gym is there to lose weight. It is not. It's not. you're going to the gym to get stronger fitter and more confident once you start looking at it like that and consistently progressing in the gym whether it might be running an extra half a mile whether it be lifting a heavier weight whether it be you know performing a couple more reps that is what makes you fall in love with the gym in the process Mm -hmm. my client's will never stop going to the gym because they love the sense of achievement. They love the progression that they're making. They don't go into the gym and they don't look at their watch and go, I've burnt this amount of calories because no. it's not what it's not how you should be looking at it because we don't want to create that negative relationship with exercise. As no. soon as you start looking at exercise as, as a place of self-improvement, you will never go back. Yeah. Um, and you will always, exercise will always be a staple in your life then yeah. we can take nutrition and take that, uh, maybe take a little bit longer and look after that. But yeah. 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 And, well, and I always tell people like exercise is to me where, where I start with most people because it is the absolute best place to start to build discipline into your life. And I, I'll just share really quickly for anybody out there who maybe is really overweight right now. And they're like, yeah, I don't know that I'm ever going to love exercise. <laughs> right. Um, when I first started, um, I actually worked with uh, a trainer when I first started. This was before I became a trainer myself. And so, so, so did I. So yeah. did I. Uh, so I, I actually hired a coach. I'm, I'm not just telling people to hire coaches. I, I, I followed my own advice. But I remember two things specifically. Number one was my one of the first trainers I worked with wanted me to do some push-ups as part of my warm-up. I couldn't even do 10 push-ups. And even once I got to a point where I could get through 10 push-ups, don't ask me to do any chest exercises for at least 20 minutes after that because I, I was done. Uh, and then there was another time where we went into uh, this little side area where they had like some courts or whatever. And I was doing some like runs and I remember my knee just giving out on me and I crashed to the ground in front of the entire gym and if i can go from that to being someone who absolutely cannot imagine going a day without moving you can too i i remember you that's reminded me i couldn't even do uh kneel and press-ups when i was at my heaviest um 
with my first trainer, even on a box, couldn't do it. It was, yeah. it, I was so weak at that time. And as you said, if we can come from a stage of where, you know, we couldn't even do the bare basic, the literal, the, the minimum of what you can do as, as exercise. And we can be where we are now helping other people and be in, in the shape of our lives. Mm-hmm. You're so capable. Yeah. Everyone who, who won't get there overnight. Capable. Yeah. You won't get there overnight. Have patience with it, but just, just know that as you continue, as you get better at it, as you get stronger, you will start to find the joy in it. I, I know right now it might not seem like it, but trust me, one, one day you're going to be like, you know what? I actually like yeah. this exercise stuff. I didn't think I'd ever like it. <laughs> so, well, so, something that actually really just stick um, with me is I remember when I was at my heaviest and I was training in the gym, and this was probably about two, three months in. And this guy comes up to me, some random guy in the gym. Um, he's like, I'm here. He's like, I'm here the same time as you every day. He said, you're doing amazing. Keep up the good work. And I was like, wow. I was like, and it just made me realize that everything I was doing was working out. And a lot of the times as big, bigger people, when you go in the gym as well, you might be afraid of maybe what others think of you. And we always struggle with these anxiety and anxious thoughts. But um, just... The only way to overcome anxiety is by taking action. Yeah. That's the end all. Yeah. And and if someone is, you know, they're, they're afraid of going to the gym, they're afraid of being judged, whatever. I mean, listen, there's going to always be someone who's going to judge you, but that person's going to judge you, whether you're at the gym or whether you're at the coffee shop, right? That, that judgmental person is going to judge you. But I will tell you that by far and away, the gym is one of the most supportive places in the entire world because people who are there they're not looking at who you are they're looking at who you can become Mm -hmm. and when they see you showing up every day putting in the work like you can't even imagine like people might not always say it to you it's it's great when someone does but just know that there are people who see you showing up every day and, and they're proud of you they're proud of you just for showing up and it's not about you losing weight or looking a certain way they're just proud of you for being in there trying to improve your life. That they respect the effort. Mm-hmm. Right, Stephen, that was amazing. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And uh, just if anyone wants to to reach out to me, uh, they can find all my contact information on my website, unshakablehabits.com, uh, including the uh, the links to my podcast.